Wolf and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witchbuster extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Friday morning leading into the NBA playoffs, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. I'm Luke Wolf. What's up? Oh, man, here we go. You know, this is it right here. It is a Friday's and not Basin Onions. Gather around and let us all rejoice. That resolution draweth nigh. Does it not? It's a finally Friday. Here, it's a finally Friday. Okay, yeah, I like it. The yeah. alliteration right there. That was well played by you. But we all know, we all know what looms. Isn't that right, D-Buck? We know what looms on Sunday. Yeah, look, we uh, we got a lot of Suns coverage today. We have a couple um, couple Cardinals things to talk about. I don't even want to necessarily say stories. We'll talk about them in a little bit. But obviously, it's going to be a Suns-heavy day, Wolf, because this... Weekend is when it all begins. You didn't make the trade for Kevin Durant and and shake up your roster and the entire Western Conference and Brooklyn and really, I guess, the Eastern Conference. You didn't shake up the entire NBA for the regular season games. You shook it up for the playoffs. And that all starts finally on Sunday. We're talking about it. Everybody's been talking about it. But now today it feels a little bit different to talk about it because the next time we are in here, the Suns are either going to be up 1-0 or I don't want to think about the alternative in their series. But you know what, for me, though, it just fills me with um, it's just a joy, a joy remembering what it was like to go out there and compete at the highest level, never in a playoff game, basically, never, 10 years. Can you imagine that? Three different teams, 10 years. Can you imagine I you before played, a playoff game? Oh, my goodness. I, I, I would love to think that I would have gone out and approached it exactly the same way, brothers. I, I that's what I love to think, at least in my head, that I would process it that way, that I would go out there and I would do exactly the same thing and I would play exactly the same way. I would ha- I would give what I had, period, because that's what I did. And it's why I lasted 10 years in the NFL, because my talent. Are you kidding me? I didn't have that talent. I did not. I shouldn't have been there for ten days, let alone ten years. You don't think you would have been extra hyped if it was a? a it's a best of one, obviously. I, I, you know, again, I like to think I would have approached it exactly the same way. Everything is going to be the same. I'm going to give you my best. I didn't care if it was a preseason game. I didn't care if it was a scrimmage in practice. If you said live, I was going to hammer you. Uh, I find okay? that easy to believe. I, I'm just saying it. 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 It, it was pervasive and every thought that I had as a football player. But having said that, I'll always wonder about that, Luke. Was (laughs) there another level that I had? This is why it fills me with joy, because these guys are going to get the opportunity to go out game one for the Phoenix Suns on Sunday against the Clippers. Oh, and it's going to be a physical series. These guys are going to get the opportunity to step out onto the floor and do something about it. That gives me joy. This is the sort of game and series with all this pressure and how long this team has been waiting just to get back to the playoffs to, I know they can say they're not thinking about last year anymore, but at the start of this year, they obviously were, and certainly all last offseason. Now's your chance to finally start erasing that as best you can from everybody's memories. And 
that's also a situation where you have to be careful that you don't try to do too much. But that's why I like the fact that you have Devin Booker, who's generally a calming influence. You've got Chris <laughs> Paul. And I know Chris Paul has a lot on the line these playoffs, but he's generally, other than a title, he's seen everything in basketball. And then you've got Kevin Durant now, who... Obviously, all the on-court stuff that he brings, and we're going to talk to Kellen Olsen a little bit and uh, and go deeper in that, but just the calming influence that he tends to have in general. And, oh, by the way, he's been Finals MVP twice. So there's yes. not a whole lot the Clippers can throw at him that, that is going to shock him. Yes, and we were talking about this right now. Where what Where is your confidence level based on earnings? Getting ready for the Phoenix Suns on Sunday, taking on the Clippers game one. Where is your confidence level right now? Okay, we'll all consider that. And I think for everybody, I think we'd all agree, it's going to be a little bit different for everybody based on what your perspective is. For me, I think about the players inside that line locker room for the Phoenix Suns. What is that like for them? <laughs> Where is their confidence level? Because that really is all that matters right now. If you're a Phoenix Suns f- fan, you want to see that confidence level really, really high. Of course, not too high, but high inside that locker room. Y- you have to believe they've got the confidence issue resolved if you're a Phoenix Sun, right? The Clippers, on the other hand, I think they're looking at that and they're thinking to themselves, okay, this is going to be rough. This is going to be tough. This is going to be a very difficult series and it may not go well for us. We might lose this thing in five. We might. But then again, there's a small chance that's not the case. Well, and they have Kawhi. They're going to be filled with desperation. They have Kawhi. They have Norman Powell who won a title with Kawhi, right? I mean, and Ty Lue's a pretty pretty good coach, and, and there's a reason he has the respect he has around the league. So my confidence level in the series is that it's a series the Suns should win, and I think they will win. And I kind of, not, not that it's going to be comfortable, but I just think it's a series that they should win, and I think for the most part they're going to be in control. But the one thing that I'll admit is rattling around the back of my mind is we have not seen this version of the Suns face adversity yet. Now they are built to handle it, but we just, we haven't seen it yet. I'm going to go back to your favorite Kevin Durant quote, actually. Okay. Okay. Because this is a guy that's been to the playoffs, (laughs) right? And he hasn't just been to the playoffs. He's won the title and he's won it twice. And he was finals MVP twice. So yes, for the next two months, anytime Kevin Durant speaks, I'm going to listen. I think it slows down a bit. If you watched uh, even the play-in game last night, I know it went to overtime, but I felt like that was a slower-paced game compared to the 140s, 130s we'd be seeing in the regular season. Um, and even so with that first game in Atlanta, too, it was a slowed-down physical game. So I think that that's that's really what playoffs is. You know, a lot of stuff, the pet plays that you ran throughout the regular season might not be there. So you just got to knuckle down and guard up and, and, and play strong with, and, on offense and see what happens. Uh, yeah. Oh, there it is. Knuckle down, guard up. Knuckle down, guard up. It's going to be physical. Here it comes. Get ready for this. Everybody knows it's going to be a physical, physical series, especially because I believe the Clippers know that is their one chance. They have to be tougher than the Phoenix Suns because they're not more talented than the Phoenix Suns. And when you know you're not more talented than your opponent, that means you're going to have to play harder more consistently, for longer. That's being tougher, and that's what they're going to have to do. What was the the saying again? Knuckle down, guard up? Yeah, knuckle down. It's like you read it off my shirt. Oh, my gosh. How how would KD have... Oh, look at this. You set up. Aaron has one, too. Wow. 
Okay, okay, I was looking at Sarah. Sarah, did you? Sarah's, Sarah's like, in what are you the doing? right now going, what is going on? I That would have been. I received no guys, t-shirt. look at the knuckle-down guard off. Pretty, pretty nice shirt, don't you think? What, you don't have one? What happened? Uh, well, you missed the memo you today. Guys. You definitely missed oh, the memo. Oh, what a setup, Basinonians. just happened right now on the Wolf and Luke show. Oh, you do have There's one. There's my oh, t-shirt. There it is. Knuckle down and guard up, you guys. What happened? Well, you s- I believe you said yesterday we should make a shirt. Okay. You know who we have producing the show Okay, wait there. a minute. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Knuckle down and guard. Oh my goodness! The K and the D. Hey, I didn't even. I didn't even think about I, that. I didn't design it. Wow. Credit to Dallas. Dallas sent these over after, right after the show. They were hand delivered. I was still here. Aaron was still here right after the show. I don't know where you were, but uh, yeah. So we we all have one. Guys, this is boss right here. <laughs> what are we going to do with this? Are we going to give some of these away? What? No, I'm going to wear mine. Since it's the only shirt I have okay, on now. Since it's the only one you're going to keep yours. <laughs> yes, is that what you're saying? Keep it. Oh, yeah, you got to put yours on yeah. in the okay. break. Well, okay, yeah, I'll I'll put it on. Um, okay, that's nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> Your reaction was priceless. Put it down like, over huh? the polo, of course, based on onions. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, wear the shirt over the polo like everybody's <laughs> right. doing now, right? Of course. T-shirt right. over your polo. It's the style now. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Last chance to score the hottest ticket in town. Game one, Suns doing? playoff tickets. Just that you said it would be a great shirt. I, it would be. I just can't believe you guys reacted with that. Now it is. Uh, just text ticket to 620-620. Register and listen for your name today during the 7 a.m., noon, and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify and see the Suns take on the Clippers this Sunday. Now, to be fair, it's going to be tough to go back and win during the 7 o'clock hour because that happened three hours ago. But noon during our show and 5 o'clock during Burns and Gambo. Again, that's ticket to 620-620. When we come back, over to football for a minute. Did Matt Miller just ruin Wolf's NFL draft dreams? It's Wolf and Luke and Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The NFL Draft. News on number three. Draft coverage. Live, local, late breaking. All right, the first breaking news is that Wolf has his new knuckle-down guard-up t-shirt on. That is beautiful right now. Knuckle-down guard-up. <laughs> That is a rallying cry right there, is it not? The best part is you're wearing it over your polo. Well, of course. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's yeah. a power move right there. Yeah, well, the suits told me a long, long time ago, Wolf, you might want to stop wearing T-shirts. I'm just saying. Well, T-shirt with the uh, the collar. Now you just need to pop the collar, too. But uh, we are going to go to football here, and um, I think the fun might be over here for a little bit for you, Wolf. Really? Did you see Matt Miller's uh, story on ESPN? I, I did not. Where he essentially said that if it basically said the Colts may very well want Will Levis more than Anthony Richardson. And so that kind of kills your chances, or at least I would say minimizes your chances of, of the Cardinals being able to fleece Indianapolis to move up one spot to yes. number three. We kind of established a while ago they probably need to love Anthony Richardson for that to happen. Yeah, no, they definitely need to love a quarterback, even Will Levis. They need to love a quarterback at number three and say, we need to go get Will Levis. Because we're not even going to wait for somebody else to move up to number three and take Will Levis. They need to love one of those quarterbacks that are on the board. 
We all think Bryce Young is gone. We all think he's going to be the first guy taken. We think C.J. Stroud has got a good chance, even though there's a lot of whispers out there right now, that Houston may actually take a player like Will Anderson at number two. That remains to be seen, but... Right now, they've got to love a quarterback, whether it's Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. They have to love that guy to move up. Okay, so supposedly now, they're not so much in love. So this is from Matt Miller on a story on ESPN that they went through every team, and it's in the section of what we're hearing about the Colts draft, and they go through Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, but at the bottom it says they need a day-one starter from this rookie class too, and Levis is currently ahead of Anthony Richardson for Indianapolis, according to sources close to the team, because he's more likely to be able to play right away. Which I guess falls in line with what you know most people are saying about Anthony Richardson. He didn't he didn't have a great season at Florida last year. It wasn't bad, obviously, because yeah. he's in the draft discussion. But it's he didn't have Bryce Young's season. But he just has those measurables that some teams really love at the combine and a pro day. And so, if you're going to take Anthony Richardson, if you're all in on him, you're doing it with the mindset of because I can mold this guy into an NFL quarterback. Probably not before week one of the season, though. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. How convenient for Indianapolis that they actually came to this conclusion right now. How convenient. Good timing. That. Two it weeks really away. Is. Yeah. Hey, listen, we, we've, we've pretty much settled on Will Levis. <laughs> and we know he'll so be there. We don't there have four. to move up to number three. Isn't that <laughs> fortuitous for us? We, should. we don't have to move to three. We're fine right where we are. Arizona. We're not going to give you what it is that you want for us. You're only moving down one spot, and you're still going to get your guy, Will Anderson? What do you think? We're stupid or something? It, it, this is this is the way that it works this time of year, Basin audience. It's draft subterfuge. That's what it is. Now, do you believe them or do you not? That has got to be the question that you're going to answer. Well, we should have been doing this all along, and maybe we can do it for the final two weeks leading up to the draft, but all the potential draft lies that are out there, and then see how many of them, how many of them are proven to not be true, right? Oh, yeah. Well, we really, uh, you know, we, we think we like Will Levis more anyway, because we need a guy that's going to win now. Side note, do the Colts think they're winning the Super Bowl this year? Like, uh, do you really need it. a guy to win now if you're the Colts? I understand yeah. the logic a little bit. Sure. But do you really, are you like, are the Colts in win now mode? So let's write that down. And then when they take Anthony Richardson in the draft, let's write them a uh, harshly written letter and send it to them. <laughs> you guys misled America. How do you know this, though? How, how do you know if you're the Indianapolis Colts? How, how do you know if you're believing? Uh, well, you know what? Will Levis, we think he can actually play right now. How do you know somebody else isn't out there going, <sighs> Will Levis is Tom Brady. He's Tom yeah, Brady. How do you know that's question. not it? And they're moving up to number three to get Will Levis. And if you love Will Levis, are you really willing to risk sitting there at number four when you know that there's going to be a run on number three? Are, are you willing to sit there and wait or do you love a guy? Do you love a guy that you got to have? And because of that, you can't even risk sitting there for one more pick and letting somebody else like Tennessee jump up and say, well, 
Will Levis is our guy. I mean, think well, about now hold this. on a second. How we does could, this change? We could even go one step further, and this is starting to turn into like the sequel to Inception here. But what if they said this because they want Richardson, and it's not just to make the Cardinals think, "Oh, we don't want him." It's they want somebody else to jump up, but take Will Levis, so Richardson is still there at number four. I mean, you could you can go with the. I think this, but you think I think this, but I think you think I, I think this. You could, I mean, it's just going to keep going until the 27th, basically. Exactly, and that's why you have to wonder, will Monty Austin Fort and the Arizona Cardinals, will they let this run right up to the clock? It's so risky. You're it's on so the clock. risky, man. Well, think about it, though. If you're the Arizona Cardinals, is it? Yes, you're, it's you're, risky. Okay, it, it, now, why? it might be the best thing to do, but why? it's risky because you, you better have everything organized and in order. And remember, this is a new front office. It's not like, okay, right. well, can we pause the clock for a second so sure. we can figure out which offer we want to take? You got your 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. You've got to do it then. So communication better be at peak performance. For me, once again, I still believe, this is just me based on earnings, but I still believe that Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud will go one and two. That's that's what I think is going to happen. Okay. And because of that, I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to be on the clock. Okay, great. Here we go. I guess we're playing for keeps. Okay, 10 minutes. And if that goes by, we'll take Will Anderson. What's what's the problem? It's fine if Will, if Will Anderson's there. I'm not saying you shouldn't do this if you're the Cardinals. It probably is the best way to maximize your return, but... You better have, here's plan A, here's plan B, here's plan C. Oh, and Monty Austin Fort, when he says no. go, you go, because you got about two minutes to do right. it. Right, but, you know, again, they do this all the time. This is but they the haven't ultimate. done it all, all the time together as the Cardinals front office yet. This is yeah. quite the way to start things off. Sure, but I, I think they'll watch the clock. This is just me, Luke. I think they'll watch <laughs> the clock, and they'll have their ducks in a row, so to speak. This is what they they'll need. They'll be ready to go. They're not going to be surprised. Oh, my goodness, my phone is ringing off a hook right there. Not going to be shocked by that, Luke. They need They're Maloney be ready to go. They need Maloney in the war room doing the break sign <laughs> when it's like, "Hey, you got like a minute before it's Indianapolis's yes. pick." So uh, uh, you know what? I'm sorry, that's not going to do it. So we're going to take Will Anderson. Is that the worst case scenario? No, no, no. But the worst case scenario is Will Anderson goes at two. And oh. then, then you don't have that to fall back on if things go sideways. Like it's the best case and the worst case because <laughs> your 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 trades that you're going to get your offers are going to go through the roof if C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson you got that and right. Will Levis, Levis are still there. But if you if there's a mix up and you're like, wait, we want to do that, oh, we can't decide. <laughs> then you're going to be stuck with I don't even know who. I, you're going to you be know, stuck with Anthony Richardson I, I don't at three. Know. Listen, man. I mean, I, there's not going to be a mess up, Luke. That's that. They're going to be okay. They're going to be fine. I've seen a lot there's, of mess ups. There's. I'm sure they even have a safety net, like a cutoff point. Two minutes. I'm done. I'm out of here in 15 seconds. What are you going to give me? Well, and if I'm the Colts, aren't, aren't I like, I, yeah, let's talk about this, because if they miss their pick, it's just my and pick. you know what you're getting, Bank? You're getting the hang-up. That's what you're going to get. Yeah, I, I'm sure they've got, I'm sure they've worked this out, Luke. I'm not worried about the logistics. Jim Ursay calling the Cardinals with like a minute left, and he's like, hold on, I can't figure out my rotary phone. And they're like, hey, we yeah. ran out of time and we lost our pick. Hey, hey, forget it, Jim. It's too late. And by the way, shave your eyebrows. 
see, that's why you'd be a bad GM because you'd pick back up and be like, hold on, I got to tell Jim to shave his eyebrows. Wolf, we're on the clock, but he needs to shave them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. This show's gotten so off Everybody the rails. just calm down on a Friday right now, okay? Who calms down on I a mean, Friday? I mean, I understand what looms. I understand the Phoenix Suns, and here it is, game one against the Clippers on Sunday at Footprint Center. We're all jacked up. We've all got our shirts. We're, and it's a Friday right now, but man, please, um, let's all keep in mind, somehow, some way, the Arizona Cardinals have safety measures in place when they're on the clock. Of course. Okay. Um, are we going to wear these matching shirts as a show and just walk up and down the hall? Um, what do you I, mean? I what? can't think of anything more. Like, we're all going to go get water okay. together or something yeah. or coffee. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> People are just going to get out of our way. Text us your thoughts. They to the, know, but they're going to wish they had this well, T-shirt. That's, that's good. They know that. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what will be the key to Suns Clippers game one, round one? We're going to ask our own Suns guru for Arizona Sports, Kellen Olson. He's going to join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Killer. I just see you out there, Kellen. I've talked to like 19 basketball people in three hours. Arizona Sports, our son's mega mind, Kellen Olsen, joining Wolf and Luke to talk about the Phoenix Suns now. Yeah, Kellen Olsen, this man's going to be, look, he was already busy all season. He's about to be very busy for the next, hopefully, two months, but he still found time, Wolf, to join us on the Arizona Sports Line right now. Kellen, dude, what is up? Never busy enough for you guys. Never. Oh, Killer, that. how you doing today? You jacked up, ready to go? It's too far away still, Wolf. I just <laughs> want to see Sunday already, you know? That's what, is that what you love about those earlier games? It's at 5, but when we get those 12.30 playoff games, you wake up and you're driving to the arena and it's there, no waiting around all day, getting all antsy, like, oh, man, I'm, I'm excited. I'm fired up. Kellen, we've been uh, we've been reading your your preview series on ArizonaSports.com. Great stuff there as always, and we've uh, we've been kind of going through each each piece that you have posted. Uh, but I'm just going to go broad picture here right now. When you look at the series, and I know this is the most generic question ever, but we'll dive more into it after that. What do you see as the the, the biggest one or two keys that could swing this? I think one is how the Clippers can match up with the Suns. I think that every postseason or every matchup that the Suns go into, I think you have to look at the questions of, okay, who guards Kevin Durant, who guards Devin Booker, who guards Chris Paul, and who guards DeAndre Ayton. There are just very few teams that are equipped enough to handle those matchups. And, and in my opinion, the Clippers specifically – I think that they only really have one above average to great defender. And and the thing is, like guys like Eric Gordon, Terrence Mann, Nick Batum, Robert Covington at this stages of their careers for the older guys, like they're solid, good defenders, but you need great defenders on those guys. And Kawhi Leonard is really the only guy they have. And if they want to get nuts and, and put him on Josh Akogi to like save his legs and let Kevin Durant get guarded by Nick Batum or let Devin Booker get guarded by Eric Gordon or, or vice versa, Godspeed to the Clippers if they want to do that, but they're they're just going to need to really be on their P's and Q's from a game plan perspective because I think their team defense is going to be more important than their individual defense because I just don't think it's going to be up to par. We just haven't seen this thing get fully running yet, and and I know that people are concerned about that, but that's part of the intrigue for me and that once we see what it looks like when Kevin Durant and Devin Booker score 33 of the Suns' 37 points in a quarter, like we're going to see something like that this postseason where – those two as a duo just look completely unstoppable and you have no answers because one of both of them are on the floor. 
at the same time. I just don't think that the Clippers are matched up well enough for that. Now, if Paul George comes back in game three or game four, that's a different story, and this becomes a different series. But until then, uh, I just don't see the route to success for the Clippers. You know, I'm with you on the matchups. It really is, especially the individual matchups, how important it is to any series right now. Having said that, if you had to guess one player that you think is going to match up with D-Book, who do you think the Clippers put on him? Oh, man. Uh, I think it'll be Eric Gordon to start. Eric Gordon has been like a, always been like a stronger sort of two-guard. He doesn't really have a ton of size, but he brings length and he brings strength. Uh, but he's, I believe, 36 at this point in his career. So age and speed are, are not going to be there for him, and he's not going to have enough on there. I think it'll be him. They'll, they'll mix in Terrence Mann. You guys will remember the battles of Patrick Beverly two years ago as well. But Terrence Mann did as good of a job as anyone could have expected for a young player in his position to do as the guy who was sort of the secondary defender on not only Chris Paul, but Booker as well. So it'll be a mix of a couple of guys, but there isn't really like a, when you see Paul George and you see him defend Devin Booker, you're like, yeah, that's exactly what you need. A guy's a little bit bigger, a little bit longer, that can keep up with him around screens, things like that. They don't really have anyone like that. Maybe Robert Covington from five years ago, but, but we're in 2023, yeah. not 2018, unfortunately. So I, I think they're going to run out of answers there too. You know, Kellen, just big picture. Um, what teams do you think are equipped to cover the Suns when Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are back, are both out there on the floor and Chris Paul's hitting shots? Right. The Clippers came to mind before the Paul George injury, obviously. There's the Warriors. I think that Draymond and, and Wiggins as a whole, and Wiggins coming back was huge, particularly for this. And, and they have the matchup inside. They've got Looney to, to handle Aiden. I thought that Looney did a really good job defending Aiden in, in the regular season. And then they've got other veteran guys who have won on championship-level defenses before, um, like Andre Budala, like Clay Thompson, and like Steph Curry. I think that they're equipped from an individual standpoint and a team standpoint. I think that's the other thing with the Clippers is that as a, as a defense, they haven't really been that great this year. They went through a two-month stretch from mid-January to mid-March where they were a bottom-five defense in the league. So they, they've had their own struggles on that end, and, and Russell Westbrook, his, his are notoriously known, and he's going to be starting at least at the beginning of this series. So having him out there and having a defense that is a championship caliber one, like I think you need against the Suns is going to be a tough task. I'm, I'm not sure on anyone else. On, honestly, I would have said Memphis perhaps, but the Steven Adams injury is a huge blow for them. I think that we're going to see that Jaron Jackson, and Anthony Davis matchup really swing things for that potential matchup. Maybe LA, but, but I don't know. I, there are just aren't really many teams, at least in this conference, that can handle it. I would say Golden State and LA fully healthy, and that's about it. I think this is going to be a very, very physical series. Do you agree with that, Killer? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the great part about this series, Wolf, is that while a lot of pieces and a lot of players have changed from the 2021 series, it's still the core DNA from both teams because they still have their same head coaches. So we're going to see that same extra level of physicality compared to any other. Like, if you look at every other playoff series around, like in, in this first round, this is going to be the most physical one for sure. And especially with what Los Angeles is going to want to do, they're going to want to get downhill, be driving, and get to the yes. foul line. That's what Norman Powell does. That's what Kawhi does. That's what Russell Westbrook does. That's what they're going to, they're going to want guys like Eric Gordon and Terrence Mann to do as well. And the only way I really see this getting away from them, Wolf, is what we saw about six weeks ago is where the officiating kind of gets to the Suns a little bit. And then as a result, it's not the fact that they're complaining. It's the fact that they're not adjusting to the whistle and not adjusting to what they should be trying to get away with in terms of the legal limit uh, defensively because there's going to be different whistles for different games. They're going to be able to get away with some for some games and not for others. It's not going to be consistent. It just never is. And they're going to have to 
adjust to that, and, and they do in the playoffs, and they have in the playoffs in the past, but the struggles we saw specifically in that Sacramento game are, are no worthy for a series like this where the, the Clippers are going to take more free throws than the Suns, everyone. Get ready. Whatever you want to talk about and, and call it what it is, like that, that is what's going to happen in the series, and the Suns just have to be ready for that and, and try to combat it as best as they can. But when I think of a physical series killer, I think of D.A. How do you think this series is going to go for D.A.? Man, I, I, I wrote a piece that Russell Westbrook is the X Factor, but if I had to say one from the Suns side, it would be him, Wolf, just because I think you could make a case that two years ago he was the best player in that series, right? You remember your favorite game in that series. Well, I don't even have to ask you which one it was. It was that game four. What was it, 84, 81, 87, 81, that rock fight that they had, the defensive battle, and <laughs> D.A. had 20-something rebounds in that game. That was DeAndre in that game played one of the best overall individual performances in the game in Suns franchise history like he was he was absolutely tremendous because I don't think people understand how difficult it was for him to not only survive on the floor with the perimeter defense and and LA going five out for that game but for him to dominate on the interior like he did for just about every possession of that game so you think about the value up in game two and then you think about that in game four like he was the reason why primarily they made the Western Conference or made the NBA finals I should say so you look at that matchup again this is going to be a little bit more of a different one, Wolf, because uh, the Clippers have abandoned small ball. They, they brought in Mason Plumley, who's another physical, rugged center like Zubach. So they're going to have that interior presence there all game, and it's going to be on DeAndre to make sure the Suns still have the edge there. Yep. All right, Foo Fighters will be playing Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater October 3rd. Tickets on sale now, but you can win a pair by visiting the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. We come back. Kellen's going to stick around for another segment to give us his predictions. We'll give you ours, I guess, too. That's only fair. So, Wolf, get your prediction ready. Okay. Uh, we'll go deeper into the series as well. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I just see you out there, Kellen. I've talked to like 19 basketball people in three hours. Arizona Sports, our son's mega mind, Kellen Olson, joining Wolf and Luke to talk about the Phoenix Suns now. All right, as we established at the start of last segment, Kellen Olson's a busy man, so we decided to make him stick around for a full half hour, Wolf. That's so cool. And he did, yes. I think. I think he's still there. Colin, he's still Might there. Might have to give him a T-shirt. Hey, still here. How's it going? <laughs> you guys want to talk about Buda Baker? Did you guys change your bios by the last segment? Should we check? I think Is that, everything okay? Maybe we should start doing that every time uh, a... Uh, a local athlete of note does that. Maybe we should just start changing ours. We'll yeah. change your Instagram. I love, I love Buddha. I hope he gets what he wants. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> My goodness. Fair. What what does he want? Oh, boy. Here, hold on. Uh, <laughs> let's, okay, let's talk about basketball now. And we, oh, we only have Kellen for another uh, couple minutes here. Because, Kellen, I want to ask you about Chris Paul. And, you know, you have done a great job of covering Chris Paul since the second he got here and really – analyzing and letting people behind the scenes on, on what makes him tick and why he is such a good player. You know, when he got here, a lot of people are just like, oh, yeah, he's a good player. And, and I remember Mikel Bridges saying this a couple of years ago, like even we didn't fully appreciate it until he got here and he was our teammate. But yet it seems like with Kevin Durant here now, he almost is, is allowed to take on a different role. So just what are your thoughts on what you've seen from Chris Paul when Kevin Durant's actually playing and what that might mean for this team in the playoffs? Yeah, I've seen him get the most comfortable in this role that he's been in all year. It's interesting, the timing of the Durant trade, because they came into this season looking at a smaller role for him. Like He he still brings the ball up just about every possession. He's involved in that kind of way. But in terms of him really having the moment in the possession that defines the action and the outcome of it, he's, he's less that guy now. 
And it, it just took some serious adjusting for him. And then also I think that he just paced himself a lot more throughout this regular season. I think that in the last month specifically, we saw him really starting to get his legs under him. Like, uh, of course, he still looks older. Of course, he still doesn't look as quick as he was two years ago. Like, I'm watching those 2021 Western Conference Finals back and just, like, the, the speed difference is there for sure and just, like, watching him move. But with that being said, I think that he's still Chris Paul to, to a large extent. Is he a top 15, 20, 25 player in the league like he was two years ago in that series? Like, of course not. But he's still at a really elite level. And the thing that he said after they beat Minnesota with Kevin Durant is that he said, like, well, Jaden McDaniels used to guard me, but now he's got to guard Kevin Durant. Anthony Edwards is guarding Devin Booker. That means point guards have to guard me now. And and that's something that you don't really think about as much with the Durant effect in terms of the guy that has to guard him and who he used to guard. And it was Chris Paul most nights. So now you look at this type of matchup potentially, and it's like, is, is Russell Westbrook going to guard Chris Paul at the start of the series? That, that will not go well if that's the case, because we know how well – Chris manipulates the game specifically and with how Westbrook struggles with the team defense schemes most specifically, they would really look to target him. And I think that for those that are skeptical or hesitant about Chris Paul after the season that he had, I understand that. But this is the the perfect series for him to kind of get his feet wet and and show that he's still Chris Paul. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the answer uh, to that question for sure. Killer, what is more important from the Clippers' perspective, that they really play well on the defensive end of the floor, if that's what they had to do in order to win this series, or the offensive end of the floor? I think that it always starts with defense for both players. for both teams, Wolf, but with that in mind, on offense, if they're able to get to the foul line enough, they're going to really, really slow down this game. Uh, the interesting change for them, and Monty mentioned this yesterday, is that uh, Reggie Jackson was their point guard for that series, and he was more of like a slow it down, set it up, get into shot-making situations in the half court, whereas Westbrook's going to want to run when he gets the ball off a miss and, and things like that, right? But I still think this, this is going to be a very slow series, and the slower that it gets, I think it's going to benefit the Clippers even more. So I would say offense to that extent, but then defense uh, as well, because if they are getting stops on that end, they can allow Westbrook to do what he does best, which is play in transition, of course. So I think that that benefits them a bit, but it, it always starts with defense against the Suns team, especially because I think there's just like a base level of defense. You're going to have to be able to play to beat this team because they're not going to beat themselves. Like Duran and Booker are too good to, to allow teams to get a win or two in a series because they're off their game. Like that's not going to happen. And, the Clippers have to impose their will in that kind of way and bring the physicality that, that you want to see, Wolf, in, in that kind of way and really wear into wear into them as the series goes on. And I would imagine they're going to play a lot of zone, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, Monty mentioned that yesterday as well. Uh, they, they played some 2-3 uh, last time, Monty said, but this year it's more of a 3-2, but that's where we go back to a Kogi and something that'll that'll be up on the site today is the final part of that preview series is, just how they're going to play off of Akogi and how exactly they're going to go about that specifically. And I think zone could be one of those ways specifically where they're going to give Akogi room and kind of zone up in other areas of the floor. And it's just going to be interesting to see how they do it. But again, zone, what, what does it do, Wolf? Like you see zone, it's like, okay, let's run the zone busting play. You, you take time, you slow down, and you and again, that's pace. Like that's what Ty Lue is going to do throughout the series. He's going to try and slow it down, and he's going to successfully do that. He is going to make it slower. It's just how the Suns play at that kind of pace. 
We're talking to Kellen Olsen. Uh, obviously, we saw the Suns, and I don't want to draw too many comparisons because I still don't really understand what happened against Dallas. But in that series, Kellen, we saw a lot of role players have big games or a big second half of that series for the Mavericks. And I look at this Clippers team, and you referenced this uh, part three of your of your series preview focuses on Russell Westbrook as the X factor. I mean, I think Norman Powell is a dangerous player. You know, no Paul George is obviously a big deal, but beyond just Kawhi and, and Paul George. Who are some of the guys you see that that the Suns do have to be aware of for sure? I think that it starts with their just philosophies as a team defense and understanding that this is not a team where you can screw up with the rotations because everyone on that team outside of Westbrook is a capable three-point shooter. Like Nick Batum, Norman Powell, Eric Gordon are phenomenal catch-and-shoot three-point shooters. Like They will burn you every time they give you an opening. Terrence Mann and Robert Covington and Bowen Tyland, guys like that, they're capable as well. So if they're not on their P's and Q's, if they're doubling Kawhi or if they're just like helping off towards the key, they're going to get burned. So so I think it kind of starts there from a team perspective. But then you look at Powell specifically, and that's a guy where Powell and, and Gordon and all these guys, Westbrook as well, Westbrook is the X factor for me because of how he playmakes for others. Like that's not what really Gordon is going to do. That's not what Powell is going to do. That's not what Kawhi is really going to do. Like the best playmaker was Paul George, and that's another big reason uh, another big part of why him being out is such a detriment to them because of how much he set up others and got to that three-point shooting that I was talking about. That's what Westbrook will do more than any other guy. But when Powell, Leonard are driving, it's, it's about not letting them get bailed out of the possession either with those foul calls and just playing good team defense for 18 seconds and then fouling with four seconds left and letting them get to the line. Powell is an obvious one. There's going to be some game in the series where he has 25-plus. Maybe there will be multiple ones. But that's the thing, guys, is that you look up and down this roster, and yes, there's depth, but – uh, okay, Kawhi's going to score 30. So someone else is going to need to score. So that's where Norman Powell fits in. But then someone else, you, you get what I'm saying? Like they, they yeah. need yeah. Norman Powell to be their second best player. They need Russell Westbrook to be their third best player. Like depth only gets you so far, especially in this kind of situation where you're missing a star. And, and they are going to need those guys to be consistently great. Like even if Westbrook is great in this series, like the Clippers could still lose in five or six games. I think that they have the depth, sure, but they only have the depth to kind of fill in for where Paul George, uh, his void is. Give me your opinion on Ty Lu. How good a coach is he? I think he's great, Wolf. You hear all these things and, and just like opinions wide and, and not getting to focus on them as much. And what I mean by that is we hear all the time about the mid-series adjustments, right? Yes. We get two games into that series and I'm like, okay, well, like, yeah, like I don't really see anything. And then game three just felt really different. And then the third quarter I was sitting there in, in what was formerly known as Staples Center and I was like, this game feels really different. Why does it feel so? Oh, he's doing, he did adjustments. I get it. Okay. That's, that's why he's Ty Lu, and that's why they talk about him like that. I get it. Like, my basketball mind is not trained enough to pick up on what exactly he was changing in the moment, but you could tell by how different the game felt that he was able to shift it in the way that he wanted to. And that's really what makes him so great. So, as much as things can go well for the Suns in the first game, two, three, uh, of this series, they got to know that Lou is going to be ready with those adjustments specifically and is going to be able to dictate how this game in the series kind of moves stylistically and they just have to be steady and constant throughout that Kellen two-part question for you to, to let you go uh, one is prediction for the series and two sort of tied into that a lot of a lot of Suns fans were upset because they felt like Monty Williams got out coached in the playoffs last year with Ty Lue being as good as he is is there a path where the Suns still win the series even if Ty Lue does out coach Monty Williams yeah, because uh, Monty, uh, to start on that question, yeah, because Monty got outcoached in the first round. They won the first round last year. So I, I, I think that there's a path there for sure. 
And I think that it's, it's reasonable to look, not many coaches are going to outcoach Tyler in the playoff series. That's why he is who he is and why he has this reputation across the league. Uh, with, with all that said, I, I have the Suns in five, and I think it'll be not a comfortable five necessarily, but I just think, again, we are going to see the weight of what it means to have Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and John Drayton on the same team at the same time, and those guys, the, the first two specifically playing 40-plus minutes in your rotation being eight guys with the two of those guys not really playing that much. Like I just think we're going to see having players of that caliber together on the floor against a team like this where it is one star and, and a lot of supporting cast guys. I just think that the Clippers are going to be pretty overmatched in this one. All right, well, so we got Kellen with Suns and five. I yeah. told K Ray when he was in here for you on Monday, I was going Suns and five. So where are you going? I'm um, Suns and six. Okay. All right. <laughs> Suns and six. You're your Suns and six, guys. Yes, exactly. Kellen, we appreciate the time. We'll be looking forward to all your work throughout the next, hopefully, two months. All right. Yep, hopefully. Thanks, guys. Right, thanks, thanks Killer. That's our own Kellen Olsen joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. And again, he has a now part five, which. Just dropped during our show, but a five—that's not a prediction, by the way. I just want to let you know that. Okay, that's that's <laughs> a, a guess. guess. All right, ladies and gentlemen, six-game uh, Suns win. Guess, but uh, you can read all five parts of Kellen's uh, five-part series preview that he's been building up this week on ArizonaSports.com right now. When we come back, how far can Kevin Durant carry this team in the playoffs? We'll go deeper into that. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.